Good morning. How are we doing? It's great to see you. If you're listening online, thanks for joining us on Catch Up. Thanks for listening in. Um, yeah, I hope you're all okay. Can we give the band a round of applause this morning? Everybody's serving. Thank you. People, people online serving, we do appreciate it, all your work that goes into doing this. Um, you know, I believe if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, what should overflow in our lives is generosity. And it, it doesn't come out of obligation or a religion. It comes out of a relationship. And uh, sometimes we can get lost in church life. We listen to that, you know, thing about kids' church. We want kids' church to, we want more people. And we don't want you to feel obligated, but we want you to pray about it and think about it and think, is this something I can do? Not just kids' church, but in church life, because I believe that's what we're called to do. But it comes out of a generous heart. It comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ because the heart has been changed. Anybody's heart been changed here this morning? Yeah, it comes out of a generous heart. And sometimes our hearts get affected in life and they struggle to be generous because of various reasons. But I believe a disciple is simply generous because of the generosity of God that has changed our lives. So thanks for your generosity team this morning. Um, We're looking at health this month and it's my job this morning to look. I'm looking at the mind what a funny thing the mind is, isn't it? Anybody got a funny mind in here, or is it just me? Anybody's mind get drifted here, there, and everywhere, like a lost boat on the ocean? Anybody? Sometimes? Yeah? And um, sometimes we get lost, don't we, a little bit in life, and we're wondering what's happened. I think that's why we need each other. We need God, but we need each other. So my title this morning is Healthy Mind, Healthy Body. Healthy Mind, Healthy Body. Um, Proverbs 23 says this, as a person thinks in their heart, so they are. So wisdom teaches us that actually the mind is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool that affects every area of our lives. It affects our emotions. It affects our body. It affects our family. It affects our community. It affects the church. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm not always, sometimes I can be easily distracted. (laughs) I don't always do the healthiest of things. But I believe the Bible teaches us that we can be healthy and actually we can live the way Jesus wants us to live. Um, I've got a couple of quotes here. I like this one. This is my favorite. I'm going to read half of it and then stop because you'll like the first half, but then I'll read the second half. So the first half said this, no food will ever hurt you. Do you like that one? Should we just stop there? I'm giving you permission to go and eat whatever you want on that half of the quote. You would like that one? I mean, you've got cakes in your mind now. You've got it all in your mind. You know, McDonald's, whatever you like. No food will ever hurt you. I'll read you the rest. Is that okay? As much as an unhealthy mind. That's some Brittany Burger. Burgundy, not burger, sorry. Another one is this, take care of your body and the mind will thank you. Take care of the mind and the body will thank you. So there's something significant that links the mind to our body, would you agree? The mind affects every area of our lives. 
And Paul actually teaches this in the New Testament to most of the churches, but he doesn't just talk individualistic that the mind affects me. He says the mind affects not just my body, but the body. So when we're talking New Testament and Paul's teaching, very often we think, oh, it's about me. It's about what I can learn in church. And yes, it is, because what affects you will affect everybody else. So your choices that you make don't just affect you, they affect everybody. Would you agree? So if we go back to the food, no food will ever hurt you. (laughs) Well, actually, yeah, it will if we're not thinking healthily and we're eating excessively or not looking after ourselves, it affects you physically, mentally, and then it affects everybody else, you know? My dad died at 45, heart attack. I often put it down to the food that he ate because he ate whatever he wanted. So food does affect us, does it not? But actually a healthy mind, I think, is even more powerful than just what we put in our bodies. So I'm going to look at a We're going to look at the mind this morning. We're going to look at the mind of Christ. Because I believe Paul, when he teaches in the New Testament, he wants us to understand what the mind of Christ is. And he wants us as church, individually, but as a group of people, to take on the same mindset that Christ had. Anybody feeling challenged on that? (laughs) Do you know what Christ thinks this morning? Do you know how Christ thinks Because the Bible teaches us that God wants us to have the same mind that Jesus Christ has for yourself and then how that affects everybody else, which is the body. So I'm going to read from Philippians 2, 5 to 9. It says this. So Paul always puts it as an outworking how it affects everybody else. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So Paul's trying to teach us, this is how we think towards one another. If we think like this, we're going to be healthy. If we don't think like this, then we'll be unhealthy as a body. Does this make sense? Am I making sense to you? So he says this, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be, has it grasped up there? something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Does anybody want the same mindset of Christ? (laughs) Even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And I read that and you think, what was the name he gave him? You know, we read that and I was thinking, what was the name? Some say it was Jesus, obviously, Savior. Some say it was the Son of God and different things. But I think that misses the point. The point is, Jesus is above everything. And the reason Jesus is above everything is because of the very nature that he took on. And I believe us as church, if we're going to be healthy, we've got to learn from the nature of God and we've got to take on the very nature that Jesus took on so that we can model it to one another, but also to a community. The world doesn't take this nature on. This is not the world's teaching. It will not teach you to become like this in the world. It will teach you to become powerful. 
It will teach you to be the best and above everybody and put others down no matter what the cost that you were to win. Not this Jesus. It's not the nature that he took on. So I'm going to look at some qualities that I believe we can take from this. Six characteristics. Are you ready? And I believe if you put these characteristics in your life, then you will be healthy and also the church will be healthy. Does anybody want to be healthy? Some of us. So here's the first one. Romans 8, 6 says this. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. The the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. The first characteristic of Jesus Christ is this. He was alive. He's alive then and he's alive today. I want to ask you the question, are you alive this morning? Are you alive? If you know Jesus, you're alive. And you're not just alive for now. In the spirit, you are alive forever. Does this make sense? I was talking to a roofer yesterday. He was doing my roof. And he said, I went to Christine up the church, up the road. I'm not going to say which church it was. He said, they had drums. He's not a Christian. They had drums. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He said, they had tambourines. I was like, that is really interesting. I don't mind tambourines as long as they're done professionally. We don't want people running around with tambourines randomly, right? It doesn't help the musicians, right? If we're going to do it, let's do it properly, okay? No disrespect. You play tambourine at home with God all you want. But when we're together, let's have a little bit of order, right? You got that? We're in agreement with that. Okay, flags as well. No running around with wild flags. Get it? Flag them at home as much as you want, okay? Personal devotion. But here's the point, okay? He says, tambourines. And he says, and they were singing. He says, they were enjoying themselves in church. I said, well, yeah, where, what other churches have you been? And then I think, okay, I know what other churches you've been. But, and then he said, it, he said, I actually enjoyed it. Wow. He actually enjoyed being at a Christian in a church building. So I showed him some videos of Uganda. <laughs> At 8,000 people and me jumping around on the stage. He says, you're enjoying yourselves, aren't you? I said, I am enjoying myself. He says, why? I said, let me tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because this man called Jesus, who was sent by God, who was actually God himself, died and paid for my sins. And he rose again. And he's alive. And it says anyone who believes in him shall be forgiven. But also the same spirit that was in him is put in me. So I'm alive. So I'm rejoicing and celebrating because what Jesus did on the cross. But also because God raised him from the dead. I said I'm alive. Are you with me? Now, what is the challenge with this? With all of these qualities, we have to be careful. That we don't say, right, I'm going to put on this quality... And I'm going to become like Jesus in my own strength. Okay? Nothing wrong with these qualities. These can be good ethics of how to live your life. Brilliant. Be a good person. Do these things. But that's not what makes us right with God. Only God does this first. Okay? Is this making sense? 
This comes out of a relationship of what God has done for us first. It doesn't come of what I am doing for God to be a better person. Wrong way around. Wear you out. Perfectionism, legalism. You will burn out as an individual. You'll never be good enough. Are you still with me? So we need to understand first of how we get this. We get this by turning to God and recognizing we're sinners and we need him. And then what he does when we surrender our lives to God, what he does, he reveals himself to us through the spirit of God. He enlightens our heart so that we have a revelation of who God is. Paul says, this has not been given me by man. He says, God revealed it to me. The word there is apocalyptic. We get the word apocalypse. What does that mean? It means power, revealing. Boom, God has turned up. God is here. We're singing it this morning, right? The same God, the same God who in, with Moses and all that power. Guess what? He turned up in Jesus. Boom. Apocalypse. Boom. He can apocalypse in you. Boom. When you surrender your life to Jesus. If you don't surrender your life to Jesus, he will not reveal himself to you. None of this will make sense. You will think, oh, I've got to do these to be a better person. No, God reveals himself when you realize what Jesus did on the cross for you is more than enough. And that is what sets you free. That is what makes you alive in Christ Jesus, where the Spirit reveals the truth in your heart, not what you try and do for God. You see, it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there you go. So the Spirit is the revealer of truth. So he brings truth and reveals truth into our hearts and we go, wow, what has God done? I am now alive because what God has done for me. Is this making sense? So I'm not trying to become alive. I'm not working this up. Oh, I'm going to be alive this week. No, I am alive because I've surrendered. My life is as good as dead. I cannot make my life alive. I am dead to sin. I am a sinner and I can't do this. If you want to understand that, go to Romans chapters 1 to 7. It talks about the old life of Paul in sin and he can't get out of it. And then he says, praise be to Jesus. Praise be to Jesus who breaks the power of that off my life. That is the gospel. The gospel comes with power. It breaks that condemnation off your life and you become a new creation as you put your faith in Jesus. So now you're alive. Is anybody alive this morning? It's not what you don't do, it's what he did on the cross. So Dot's trying to work out, oh, what do I need to do to do these things? No, no, it's what he did on the cross. And you receive it by faith and you truly surrender your life to Jesus. He'll change your heart and he'll give you a different perspective. Anybody alive this morning? The mindset on the spirit brings life. It brings freedom. It brings joy. It brings hope because it's what the spirit does in you. It's not what man does or woman does. Okay? Second one. Jesus was single-minded. Mr. Distraction here, <laughs> right? I can get distracted here, there, and everywhere. But what God promises is this. When we give our lives to him, the spirit in us helps us to focus on what is good and what isn't good. Then he gives us the ability to discern 
what to do in that situation so that I can do what is right and good and walk in that way single-minded. Before, I couldn't do that because I would get distracted here, there, and everywhere. Sin would be a thing that I would do because it pleased me. It was all about me. Where now, it's actually about a single-minded focus and devotion to Jesus Christ. Again, I can't do this. But God in us will help us to do it. 2 Corinthians 11 says this. I'm afraid lest your mind should be led astray from simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. In other words, we can get easily distracted when we do it in our own strength. This is not a knowledge. This is not a logic that we need to find and work out how to do. This is a spiritual thing that God does in us. And when we listen to the Spirit and get led by the Spirit, we can devote our lives to Christ, single-minded devotion to him and his body. Is this hard teaching or is it, is it, is it, is it okay? Do we want to have a healthy mind? Well, Jesus was healthy. He was single-minded in his approach to life. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He was not just coming for his own ends. It's not just about me in life, what I want. Jesus died for me. Jesus forgave my sins. Jesus died on a cross for me. Brilliant. There's more to that. There's far more to that. That is, that is individualistic lifestyle. Jesus died for us. Jesus died for the world. He didn't just die for me. That was Jesus' focus. He was not just focused on himself. His focus was on creation and making it all new again. He was single-minded in his attitude. Third one. He was lowly. Or he was humble. Philippians 2, 3 says, In lowliness or humility of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. I really like what it says in there. It says, he did not consider equality in Philippians with God something to be used to his own advantage. So Jesus had all power, all authority, and he could have used it for his own ends, but he didn't. He chose to let go of all that authority and power so that he would humble himself to save me and you. I've got to be honest, I'm not good at this one. Because I want to hold on to my strength and my power. And if, if I'm not careful, I use it for my own ends. I don't always use it to the advantage of others. This one, if we're to have a healthy mind and a healthy body, a healthy church, it's not just about us, it's about others. Is this making sense? This is the maturity from me, my, what I want, what I believe, to what do we believe. Actually, loving one another in fellowship is more important than me making my point over there. Do you see what I'm saying? This is maturity. This is humility where we're to love one another and consider another one, one another. Not just come to church to say, how does this meet me this morning? What does the word, how does the word that Paul's preaching, what does it give to me this morning? No, it's more than that. What does it give to us? What can we become as the church beyond myself? Are you still with me? I know it's challenging, but it's good, right? If we're to be, have a healthy mind, healthy Next one is pure. Jesus Christ was pure, was he not? You know, one of the things I find that affects my purity is when people hurt me. 
and I carry unforgiveness that can lead to bitterness in my heart and disappointment. And I can say, I know I want to leave that relationship now or I've had enough of that. You know, I learned this early on in my walk where God taught me to forgive people. And I still struggle with it because it hurts. But I was in a relationship previously and God spoke to me before I met Sarah. I was in a relationship for quite a few years and God put me in a situation where I had to forgive her. And she worked in the same school as me. She crashed a car and she rang me up. She says, can I have a lift to school? I was like, ooh, save yourself right, doesn't it? Should have, shouldn't have finished with me and dumped me. You can blinking walk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? God's showing you justice. God will show you, flat on your face. Ha-ha. Do you know what I mean? So I said, okay, I spoke to Sarah. I said, I'll give her a lift. I give her a lift, I'm driving. And the Holy Spirit, this is why I'm saying, the Holy Spirit is the one in us that is leading us and teaching us and, and empowering us to live this way. It's not me that can do this. The old one would have said, stuff you and two fingers to you, darling. That's the old Paul. That's the flesh one. But the new one is being formed in Christ and he is different. God says, forgive her, Paul. I says, you what? The old Paul's going, I don't want to forgive it. The new one that's being formed inside is saying, forgive her, Paul. I'm like, forgive her. She did it to me. I'm the one who's hurting. No, forgive her. Second time, he said, Paul, forgive her. I'm like, okay. I better say sorry to you. <laughs> I'm growing in grace. Give me a bit of time. Not finished article yet. Just because I'm on a platform with a mic. Nice pair of pumps. The point is this. The point is he's telling me to do something. So my job is this, do I humble myself to the creator of the universe who knows better than me or do I think I know better and hold on to what I want to hold on to? What do I do? All right, Jesus, I'll say sorry. Okay, I better say sorry to you, I say. I'm driving, it's the worst three, four, five seconds of me life. feels like eternity. How stupid was that? How sh- Look at the shame that I'm feeling. You've just exposed your weakness. What an idiot. That's how I felt. And she turned to me and she said, I better say sorry to you then, aren't I? I was like, oh. She said, I'm sorry for everything I've done to you. At that moment, boom, something happened. What was holding me spiritually, poof, let go. It cut There was a spiritual principle that God was trying to teach me. If I don't submit to him, this thing's going to have me for the rest of my life. I'm never going to live in my future. I'm never going to live in my destiny because all I'm going to carry is hurt and bitterness in my heart. And God's saying, forgive her, Paul, like I forgave you. Yeah, but I don't want to because it hurt. Well, carry her all your life. Carry her wherever you go. She'll be every voice in your life wherever you go. No, let her go. Poof, it went. Spiritually changed. But that takes a little bit of humility coming under the word of God, the teaching of God, the spirit of God leading us to form Christ in us. The old one has to go. Does this make sense? So humility, humility comes under. Humility hears and obeys. And then eventually you have obedience produces fruit and life. That's the principle. So we surrender ourselves as a part of us that has to die in order to come alive and come into the newness of what God has. And there are many things can affect us. Relationships, disappointments, things that have hurt us, and we carry them in our lives. And today is your day to let go of it.
I'm telling you, today's your day to let go of it. I've seen it this morning. Some of you are going to let go some things, and you're going to be healed today. So the fourth one is responsive. Again, it touches into that. In other words, you're teachable. You know, Jesus, when he walks with the disciples after his resurrection, they're walking on the road uh, Emmaus, and they don't understand what's happening. They're living in the disappointment of the past. They're living in the pain. This man, Jesus, he was the Messiah, and he promised, and he died, and he's dead, and it's all gone wrong. And Jesus is walking with him. They don't even know. They don't even understand what's happened. Why? Because their hearts are hardened. Their hearts are dull of understanding. So Jesus has to remove the dullness of the heart and open their hearts to understand who he is and what God has actually done. That God now has raised Jesus from the dead. And yes, you may have disappointments, but guess what? There's a new hope in Jesus. So as a believer... If we're going to have a healthy mind, healthy body, we've got to be teachable. We've got to be listeners who say, okay, God, I want to learn. I'm going to come to church. And, you know, it's very easy to get distracted and have the latest teaching. No, get into church and get under good teaching, healthy teaching. There's some good teaching out there, but there's some good stuff that's not so good. It says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You know, if you're going to learn, you've got to be in the scriptures. You've got to be in the word of God, and it's the word of God that he'll open. He won't open anything else up. He'll open Jesus, the word of God, to you. And the last one is this, is peaceful. So if we're going to be a healthy, have a healthy mind and be a healthy body, we've got to be alive, we've got to be single-minded, we've got to be lowly, we've got to be pure of heart, we've got to be responsive, but we've got to be peaceful. That Romans 8, 6 says, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Peace with God through faith in him, but then peace with one another. We've got to work on this. We've got to forgive one another. We've got to do everything we can to be at peace with each other. That's a healthy mind. That's a healthy body. Making sense? I want a healthy church. Anybody else? I want a healthy church. I want people to come to church and say, this is a healthy church. They're not perfect church, but what I do know is they'll forgive me. They accept me. It's a place that feels safe. It's a place where we can learn. It's a humble church because they haven't got it all together. They're not thinking they've got it all together and we're all, you know, no, we're still learning. So, I don't know about you, but they challenge me. But the good news is this. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. He says, we have the mind of Christ. We have it. Do you believe that? We have it. We're not trying to work towards it. We already have it, church. It's in you. The very reason you know God is because God gave you spirit and opened up to show you his plans, what he did in Jesus, and his purpose, and his future plans that are going to happen when he returns. That's spiritual insight that God has given you. And you know that because you have the mind of Christ. Do you believe that this morning? You have the mind of Christ. Can anybody remember when they were younger? Playing, you might have to think back a long time. Kind of playing games where you would 
maybe dress up as your parents or you dress up as a soldier. Anybody remember that? I tried to teach my girls this one. Some of you won't remember or know this. That was that took me years to learn that. Ping, ping, ping. Come on. You know. And I would like, I thought I was a soldier. Or maybe you kind of at home used to do this. You, you'd get your pots and pans out your, your parents' cupboard and you'd put it on a pretend stove and you'd pretend them with chips and you'd put them in there and you'd put your chicken in and you'd be cooking it and you'd be getting it all ready and you're cooking like your mum and dad cooked and you would just love taking on that role. Anybody else do that? Come on, admit it. Come on, don't be shy. Or you thought you were Iron Man. I know what you were. Oh, remember? Lazy town, you were. Yeah? Sorry, Toby, you can take it now. You used to dress up as him. What was his name? Sporticus. You were Sporticus. You would have the outfit on. You would run in. You would run in and slide across on the knees in the cafe and go, Sporticus is here. I said, Toby's doing revolt on it. I thought I was Superman. Don't laugh. Still think I am. I thought I was Superman. I went to the cinema and I had my Parker coat on. And I ran up the stage. And brother says, what are you doing? I'm Superman. The old Odeon cinema used to have a stage. And I ran across with it on. And I jumped off. And I thought I was going to fly. And I didn't. I landed on the floor. And my brother said, what are you doing? I said, I'm Superman. Why do I tell you this? Because we've all been given something. We've all been given a set of clothes. And they're in your wardrobe. You know when it's your birthday and you have new clothes? Right? You you know what I mean? It's your birthday. Thank you, Father-in-law. If you're listening online, thank you. Love you. Same next year. Right? I got my new clothes. I couldn't wait to wear them. Show everyone. Do you know what I mean? You've been given a set of clothes. They're in your wardrobe. When you go out the room, don't leave them in the wardrobe. You've been given his set. You've been given his royal robe. You've been given the bride's dress. You're the bride of Christ. You're pure and holy. The Holy Spirit has been poured out for you so that you can be empowered to live this way. You don't have to sell for the old clothes. You can have the new clothes. You say, I can't be pure and holy. Yes, you can. Because it's not you that does it. It's Christ Jesus in you. It's Christ in you. It's you in Christ. It's by faith and alone. You get your Sporticus outfit on this week. I think we should have fancy dress next week in church. I don't care what you wear, just don't come naked. Right? Why, why, why? why am I telling this? Because you've been given this. It's your inheritance. It's us as the church that we can become what Christ is in us. 
And we're not left alone to do it in our own strength. No, he poured out his spirit to empower us so that we can put on the new clothes. We can become what Christ has done on that cross for you and me. Or you can settle and say, do you know what? Do you know that, them old clothes I had? You know the one I've worn for years that I really wore? They, they were from the 1970s or the, or the 80s. The ZX500 trainers. I'm still wearing them. Got three holes in them. And, but I just love them that much. I don't want to let go of them. Keep wearing them. But guess what? There's some new clothes. But we get so familiar to the way we live. We get so familiar with the wrong attitude. We get so familiar. Oh, it'll always be like this. I'll never be pure. I'll never be humble. I'll never be any of this. Well, you won't if you hold on to it. But if you let go of it, guess what? There's some new clothes over here. And these are going to fit you like nobody else is fitted. Honestly, they've been tailor-made for you. It's like you've been measured and you, it's just going to fit. But we don't like letting go because we're so familiar over here. We're so scared of change because this just fits. And God says, you're my church. You're my bride. Come on, let's grow up into what you are. Healthy mind, healthy body. Come on, love one another. Cherish one another. It takes a little bit of humility. It takes a little bit of obedience. And guess what? You're not left alone because the spirit in you is going to empower you to do it. You need faith that says, I can do this. Church, we can do this. We can become the body. He's not returning for a... He's returning for his bride. And we can grow into the bride of Christ. What does it look like? It looks like a church that loves one another. That's what it looks like. You know, I, I love the music. I, I love the lights. I, I love it all. But it's nothing if we don't love one another. I, I'll get rid of it all if we're not loving one another. Because my job as a shepherd is to make sure we sing good songs. No, love one another. Love one another. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm going to love you. Oh, be careful. It might be someone you really fancy and it's going to go Pete Tong. <laughs> Can I just make a little confession there? Just because they said they love you doesn't mean they love you in that way. Okay? There are different ways we can love one another. I'm going to ask you the question, when you come to church, why do you come? Is it because you love one another? Or is it because you get a fix? Is it about you? No, humble yourself like Jesus Christ who died on a cross. But God saw it and was pleased with it and resurrected him. And God's got a new life for you. And it's beyond just your little world. There's a bigger world over here. It's called the new creation in Christ. And the new creation looks different than the old. The new creation is going to be heaven on earth. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. And God has already done it in Christ. And if we're to accept that and walk in Christ, we're going to walk in the new creation in Christ. And yeah, we can have singing. We can have dancing. We might even let the odd flag and tambourine in the room. But the spirit needs to be right. The heart needs to be right. It needs to be we're here to love one another. We're here to love one another, church. If I leave this world, I don't want to leave with a big church just that doesn't love one another. I want to leave with a church that loves one another. Because it's the heart of God. Healthy mind. Healthy body.
You know, sometimes, are we okay for a few minutes? You know, sometimes when, when you start to change, it feels a bit uncomfortable. When I went to Uganda 20 years ago, they said to me, we're going to go to a, it was called an introduction. It's like an engagement party, but it's like a wedding. And I'd never been to one before. They said, it's a big ceremony. You have to take gifts and you take them. And the, the father-in-law sits there and all of their family. And then right opposite, there's all these chairs here. Face like a set there and a set here. And your family sit this side. And they, they, you bring the gifts and you put them all on the floor. And, you, and they decide if that gift and those gifts are good enough for you to receive their bride. And I'm like, this sounds a little bit important. Now, remember, right? I'm in Uganda for the first time. I'm the only white person I was pretty scared. I've got to admit, right? It made me think, how did people feel when they were black and came to this country? I got a feeling of what it felt like. I was pretty intimidated, I've got to be honest. And I was going to this introduction. I didn't know the bride. I didn't know the, the groom. I didn't know any of them. But because I knew someone who was going to take me, he said, you can come. He said, but you need to go a certain way. I said, what do you mean? He said, you need to dress up like this. I said, you're having a laugh, aren't you? I've got to wear one of them. He said, yeah, you've got to wear one of these. I said, in my country, that's a dress. You're going to put a dress on me. He says, yeah, yeah, you've got to wear a dress. It's called a Kanzo. I'm like, oh. So he put this thing on me, right? I don't know if I was going to the hospital for an operation. I, I, I was like, what am I wearing? I'm, do I wear things underneath it? What? It's warm. And then he says, you need to put a suit jacket on the top. I'm like, what? It's 35 degrees. I've got to wear a, yeah, a tweed suit jacket, right? And then he said, you need to take a gift. I said, well, what do I take? He said, you get this basket here. Right? It's a basket like that and a basket on the top. He said, you're going to put a gift inside. He says, and we're going to give you this. I said, what, what am I taking? Give me a cabbage. I'm like, I'm not being funny, right? But in my country, I'm taking a, 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 a cabbage to a wedding. It's a little bit embarrassing. It's a bit shameful for me. And I'm like, how long is a cabbage going to last? He says, no, it'll be okay, take a cabbage. So I put the blinking cabbage on my head on a basket, right? I'm wearing a women's dress and I'm walking along. I'm the only white man and I'm going to, and I'm like, I'm going to this introduction thing that I don't know anyone. And the cabbage is rolling around inside and I'm trying to work. I can balance a ball on my head, but not inside a basket. So I'm holding this basket like this and I'm going, I felt a little bit uncomfortable. I felt stupid. It didn't fit until I got there. Guess what? Everybody else had a little dress on. Everybody else had a basket on their head. Everybody else had a tweed jacket on. And I was like, oh, it's normal. Oh, I feel at home. I feel a part of it. Why do I tell you that? Because one day you're going to get to somewhere and you're going to get there and you're going to be, wow, this is normal. I'm normal. We're normal. We're the church. But when you're here and you're like, oh, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to let go of unforgiveness. I don't want to let go of my pain. I don't want to let go of like, no, I, no, I want to hold on to the power. No, no, no. When you let it go, you're going to go over here and you'll realize this is where you're meant to live. And one day you're going to get to heaven. You're going to go, this is why it was happening. And it, and it wasn't about actually my clothes getting in there. It was realizing the clothes he gave me that got me in there. Because it's not my clothes that get me in. It's his white clothes that he gives to me that purifies me. It's his humility where he humbled himself and died for me that gives me access. One reason I got into that introduction because I had a friend. 
One reason, a friend, that got me to that introduction, otherwise I wouldn't have been going, guess what, you've got a friend. His name is Jesus, and he's thicker than any brother or sister, and he's not going to let you down. And he says, come on, put on your dress. And for blokes, I've got to be honest, when we talk about the bride of Christ, it doesn't flick my switch. I'm like, bride, 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 you know what I mean? That, doesn't, that imagery doesn't, for the ladies, you might like, yeah, bride, wonderful, yeah. doesn't flick my switch. But what flicks my switch is this. A guy called Jesus lays down his life for me. No greater love has he than lay down his life for a friend or a brother. That flicks my switch. And he's the one who then promises to empower you so that you can become all God wants you to be. You can have a healthy mind and we can have a healthy body. I want to encourage you this week, here's your challenge. Don't leave your clothes in the wardrobe. What you'll actually find is when you go and get the clothes out of the wardrobe, you'll walk through the back of the wardrobe and there's another world you're going to walk in. It's called Narnia. And you'll be like, I didn't know it could be like this. No, because you never went through the wardrobe. You never went and get the clothes. You just stayed where you were. No, 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 come on. God's saying, come on. There's a new heaven and a new earth that's coming. And one day he's going to make it all new. And you're going to go there and say, wow, this is what it was all about. Your challenge for you this week is this. Don't just leave your clothes in the wardrobe. Put them on. Put them on. He paid for them for you. He purchased them for you so that you can wear the very clothes that he has made possible. And then when you begin to walk in them, this is what will happen. You'll change. You'll grow in understanding. And you'll become healthier in your mind. And you'll become healthier in your body. And we'll become healthier as a church. When you do the opposite of those clothes, you'll just live on yourself. But when you put these clothes on, that's when you'll start to grow. That's when you'll start to mature. That's when we'll grow as a church and we'll have more influence than just here. We'll be, on, be beyond ourselves. That makes sense? I've gone over a few minutes. Come on, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you, Jesus, for purifying us, making us right before the Father. And Jesus, I thank you that you promised no condemnation in you. And Lord, if we're walking in condemnation, it's not from you. It's, it's us condemning ourselves. That's not your heart, Lord. So Father, I just pray this morning for people who are walking in condemnation, to walk in that truth and to accept the truth that they're not condemned. Lord, that you were condemned on the cross so that they didn't have to be condemned. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open the eyes of their hearts. You know, if you're here right now and you want to know Jesus, or you want to know that you're forgiven, that you're made right with God, you can ask him. And I believe if you ask him, he'll reveal himself. And you can say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to these people that are asking. Open the eyes of their heart that they would know you. Know your kindness, your love. Your unconditional love towards them despite what they've done in the past. In Jesus' name. You know, and I want to pray for some people. I saw this image this morning. It was, I was looking at the trees. Autumn's here. And I just saw one of the leaves fall off the tree. 
And as it fell off the tree, it just made me think about people that are in different seasons. You know, autumn is a season where all the leaves fall off. You know, they change color, which are beautiful, but then they start to fall off. And if you just lived in that season alone, you'd be like, I don't want to let go of these leaves. They mean everything to me. And it just felt like there was some people here, some things had gone on in their life and they'd, they'd hurt or they'd lost people or traumas had gone on. And it's like you're holding on, but you know your life is kind of areas of it are dying. And there's things that you feel like are falling apart in your life. But I felt like God wanted to remind you of this. You're not going to be in that season forever. There are things that die in our lives and God is still working in them. You know, and you may go into a, a difficult season like winter. And sometimes it's easy in those when seasons to think, I just want to run away. I just, I just don't want to bother anymore. I want to encourage you to do this. Run to God. Run to God with all your pain. Run to God with all your disappointments. And this is what I believe God will do. He will use it all for good. And you don't have to remain in that season forever. He's going to bring you out of that season and there'll be a new season. There'll be a new season where life becomes, begins to sprout up, where he uses all those things that happened in your life and he turns them around for good. It's like the leaf that falls on the ground, you think, oh, it's dead. No, it's been regenerated into the soil and it produces life again for the tree. You know, and if that's you this morning, there's a team over here and I'm gonna go over here because I feel I wanna pray for people this morning. You know, just humble yourself, come over Let's love one another. Let's pray for one another. And let's believe God's going to heal you. And I feel like there's going to be release for you from grief, trauma, and you're going to go into a new season with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the rest of you, go put your new clothes on. Where's Sporticus gone? Has he run off? Oh, no, he's here. You can take it now, Tobe, can't you? He's all right, yeah. I'm sorry, Toby, I should humble myself and be kinder to you. But um, put on your new clothes this week. Put on purity, put on loneliness. You know, try and ask God to teach you to be a little bit more single-minded in your focus and devotion to Him. And uh, let's believe if we do this, we'll have a healthier mind and a healthier body and we'll grow as a church as you grow. Amen.